Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of our Principles and Practice Podcast. Today, we have Lori Heffernan as our special guest. Lori has been married to her husband, John, for 25 years. They are blessed with two boys, Cedric MacArthur, age 18, and Jonas Shiloh, almost 20. She's a lifelong resident of Wisconsin, except for her college years at Northwestern College in Minnesota, now known as University of Northwestern St. Paul. She has a double major in communication and a Bible and a minor in Spanish. Lori, welcome to our show. Thank you for the invitation, Heather. Well, tell us about yourself and your family. Well, I've, um, like you said, been married to my husband for 25 years. John is a sergeant and a program director at the Wisconsin State Patrol Academy. And um, my two boys have, their education has really been a lot of my life um, during our married years, educating them. And um, they're the highlight of my life. And now that they're both getting ready to go out into the world on their own. I'm, I'm starting to look for new avenues and um, things to occupy my time with. Well, it sounds like you've been blessed with a lot of years with them, which is exciting. Um, how and when did you learn about the principal approach method and philosophy of education? Well, as Providence would have it, my, my first job out of college was for a tour company called American Christian Tours, or ACTS. And its earlier years had been in California, but they relocated to a very small town in Wisconsin, which was close to me, and I worked for them. And to train the tour leaders, the company would bring in Christian historians such as Marshall Foster, David Barton, mm. Mark Belisles, Stephen McDowell, many of those whom have connections with the foundation of American Christian education and the principal approach. And, you know, it's interesting, I think back, when I entered that place of employment, I would have considered myself anti-homeschool. But due in part of the education I received through my first job, once I left, I was determined to either homeschool my children or place them in a Christian school. Okay, so that's pretty interesting that you got to meet all of those master teachers in the principal approach. That's exciting. So it, it, was, it was providential, no doubt about it. And so when you learned about providential history, how did that stir you to want to teach your own children? Well, I personally had a good experience in the public school, which I attended from kindergarten through 12th grade. You know, I was a very nervous student and a nervous test taker, but I was a hard worker and I could remember the material for the test. And so I was what was considered a good student, I graduated near the top of my class things like that. But then once I, I went off to college, I was blessed to have been able to attend a Christian college. And once I went off to college, some seeds were planted where I was taught the whole truth in the mm -hmm. academic realm. Mm -hmm. And then my experience at American Christian Tours solidified that passion to proclaim from the mountaintops that God guides us not only contextually through his word, but also through his world in history and in creation. 
And in those early years um, of educating my children, then after that first taste of Christian historians, whether it was in the private college I attended or through ACTS, those early years, some literature selections were recommended where one couldn't help but see God's hand in history and his hand lovingly over the individual that seemed somewhat insignificant to the rest of the world. And I saw how God worked not only in the pages of scripture, but also in my my own country's modern history. And it encouraged me that God, no matter the difficulty or no matter the pain, he was still ruling and overruling. And that just as he used flawed individuals in the pages of scripture or, or in the pages of history texts to forward his plan, that he could use imperfect me, he could use my imperfect children. And, and that gave me great hope. And, and now that we face troubles and challenges, I can remind myself and, and my children that just as God didn't feel in the past, he won't fail in the now or in the future either. You know, when we don't understand things, we can still trust God. And that was a lesson I really wanted to impart to my children after hearing all of these wonderful stories um, by these historians. Okay, that's really beautiful that you were able to impart not just the providential history in world history to your children, but also that they got to witness that and hear your own testimony throughout your family's story while you're homeschooling them. Right, right. It has to be a really great encouragement to them today. Well, one would hope <laughs> <They're> <laughs> still, we're still seeing seeds planted and, and, and we, you know, you hope that those seeds will take root. I've, I've, I'm very proud of my children. I'm happy though to see the direction they're going. And, you know, at some point the parent has to kind of pull back and let them make their own decisions. And we're getting closer to that point as they get older. You know, you try to let them get a little bit more freedom with age. And now that they're um, 18 and beyond, it's, uh, it's time for them to make those decisions and play, let, let a providence play out in their own life as well. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And there's always room for growth for all of us. Absolutely. So how did the application look in your homeschool? Well, one of my favorite principles is the principle of individuality. And in the beginning, I'm a recovering perfectionistic Pharisee myself. I followed (laughs) um, the NOAA plan lesson plans to a T. I dotted every I, I crossed every T. And these are guides, they're not mandates. Families Mm -hmm. know their children best and what is needed. But if the plan said to use writing road to reading, we used writing road to reading. If the plan said to use right start math, we used right start math. And we were following the letter of the law, but perhaps not the spirit behind the law. And as my children got older, due to different circumstances in our life, I, um, with a need for a little bit more time for jobs, or I helped my mom on a political campaign one year, I I started to branch out a bit. And, you know, really the beauty of the principal approach is that you can apply the philosophy and methodology to many curricula. Mm -hmm. So we'd adapt the given, um, given the circumstances our family found ourselves in, and we custom fit curriculum according to the individual giftings and struggles of each of our children. 
So I'd find curricula that had um, a biblical worldview, or I would try to incorporate more of a biblical worldview into it and some of the philosophy and the methodology of the PA. But if a child was, you know, struggling with an issue or a manner or behavior, um, for instance, instance, complaining, we do a word study of complaining, um, or in addition to word studies for the academic subjects, you know, even if like one year we we did a word study of every single subject we did at the very beginning of the year, and I wanted them to relate and, and record that to their own life. And we'd still create notebooks um, at times or some form of recording, whether it was a video or uh, a lab report for science. But, you know, we were always doing the other R's, especially reasoning and relating, not just academically. Um, we, we would always be asking why, why, why? How does this affect us? How does this relate to our own lives, whether it was academics or not? So I want to double back a little bit here on a couple of things. I love that you pointed out about how it's not, it doesn't have to be rigid. It's not meant to be rigid and that there is that liberty to make the decisions on what subjects you're going to teach with the PA or, you know, the, what curriculum you're going to use. Um, what resources did you use outside of the curriculum to help you adapt teaching with the PA? Oh, there's, there's a lot of good resources out there today. Uh, one of the resources that I really especially appreciated was by the Association for Christian Schools International. I think it's now since been made into four different books, but it's called um, the Encyclopedia of Bible Truths for School Subjects by Dr. Ruth Haycock. Hmm. And they list she she did a wonderful job of looking to the scriptures for different academic subjects. And so just a plethora of information in that book. And like I said, I think it's in four different books now printed, printed in four different books, but mine is more like a encyclopedia volume with all of them included. Uh, regarding the behavioral issues that I was talking about, the company Doorposts, has wonderful resources which help you apply scripture directly to behavioral issues. I, I've, um, Catherine Loop is a mathematician or a person who writes about math. Um, James Nickel wrote the book, Mathematics is God Silent. And Dr. Dave Shorman of Dive Science and Math, they do a great job incorporating biblical principles in math a subject many think is neutral and it's not. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. uh, it's that th those are the resources I use for mathematics. And um, the former owner of Apologia, Dr. Jay Wiley, I, I don't know his curriculum currently, but if I had younger children, he, he has a new company called Berean Builders, and he has an interesting elementary program that I'd probably use if my kids were younger. It actually follows the timeline of science historically. Ooh. And so that's something that um, I'm actually looking at maybe pursuing for all um, different adventures I have planned in the future once my children are all out of the nest. But there's a lot of, you know, there are so many resources available right now to help those 
people establish a Christian worldview. Summit Ministries, I always went to focus on the family or Dr. James Dobson Institute or RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International, um, to help me in, in worldview issues as well. Oh, those are some excellent resources. I don't think I've heard of Berean Builders. Is that what you said? The name yes. of that one is? Yes. Okay. When Dr. J. Wiley sold Apologia, he started Berean Builders. Okay. Thank you for sharing about those. <laughs> That's great that you were taking word studies and applying it to helping your children develop character and study character traits. Did you ever apply it outside of that? Yes. I... I wanted my children to see that God is really the source of every subject, whether it's an academic subject or a not so academic subject. And so we would, at the beginning of one year, for instance, we looked at each subject that we were studying. And individually, my children went to the dictionary, the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, and identified the principles of each subject. So they would go to the definition and let's just say mathematics, for instance, and they would look up the word and then they would define the word and they would pick out key words out of that definition and then define those words until they had a pretty good understanding of, of what that meant. And then they would go to scripture and look up those key words in scripture. After they did that, and after they would reason through this, they would relate it to their own lives and come up with their own definition for that subject. And I wanted them to, again, really understand that there is nothing outside of God's realm that he can speak to issues such as mathematics. We, for instance, in mathematics, we find ideas of infinity. We find ideas of order. We find ideas of consistency. And as you can see that those, those principles are very much like God himself. He is a God of order. He is infinite. And and I really wanted my children to see how God speaks to these subjects that many people probably would consider neutral. Mm -hmm. that, that no, no, God does have something to, to relate. I believe he's the source of mathematics. And I wanted, I really tried to drill that home into my, my children. Mm -hmm. It's so distinct from a humanist lesson on math where God is completely removed and they totally focus on, here's this individual, he came up with this formula, and this is how it works. Um, it, when you do apply the principles, when you do see how he is sovereign over it, and that math is a part of his creation, and that his creation testifies of who he is, then it brings a sense of worship into the individual, and you just can't help but praise him for it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It, and you know what? It really gets you excited. Let's say your child doesn't like math. Mm -hmm. When your child can see that it is not just a bunch of numbers on a page, that 
speaks to the child mm-hmm. that, oh, that, you know, there's a purpose in this. There's a reason in, behind this. This helps us take dominion over the world, <laughs> over, 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 over the problems we have in this world. It helps us make inventions. It helps us help solve medical problems. And when you can take it back to those very, very little seeds, that can help the child get excited about this subject. Absolutely. And I think that it also helps with the mindset of I'm going to turn to our Heavenly Father for direction in how I can apply this and maybe solve a problem in the world versus trying to do it out of your own self. Right, right. So did you end up having them write essays at all or did you have them do narration or did you have them when you had them creating their own definitions? Did you have them writing them out all the time or did you just go with narration or? We did, we did a little bit of both. Um, again, the principle of individuality came into play here. I have one son who has a movement disorder. Mm-hmm. And so writing was very difficult for him. And so I allowed him to type on the computer Mm -hmm. and and that worked really well especially you know now um some of our definitions are well the definitions are on on the computer as well and so he was able to copy and paste and and do things on his own that way but we did it especially when they were little more narration um oral and then as they got older we did a mixture of writing or or computer typing Mm-hmm. We do that too, especially as they've gotten older, you know, once they've had the different skill sets down with using the dictionary and, and going through the method, the 4R method, then we let them branch off and do more on the computer. Sure. And that, and that in itself teaches great computer skills as well. Mm-hmm. So did you guys ever use the chain of Christianity in your homeschool? We did. I made a huge chain of Christianity that went from wall to wall. And we would constantly refer back to it. Um, We currently rent a home and so we don't have the ability to really put it on the wall right now like we used to. But as we would study, we would look to the chain of Christianity and find out where that particular topic fell on the chain. And in fact, we would create either pictures or little, we'd use little three by five cards and whatever topic we were studying, we would place that card on the chain of Christianity. We, I had strings attached to each of the 10 links and we would place those cards on those strings depending on where they fell. And so it really helped the kids see in their mind's eye where we were in history as we were studying. And also, did you ever branch off of the main individuals that face through the NOAA plan and their guides take you through to see how the gospel impacted history throughout or impacted individuals and nations throughout history? Or did you pretty much stick to who they recommended? Oh, we'd branch off. We'd branch off, um, especially when we weren't using the lesson plans as much. Mm-hmm. We, we, would, we would branch off. And, and it's, it's interesting. I tried to come up with a colored coding system as well. 
-hmm. And so for instance, if um, science was purple and we were studying about Edison, I would try to take that topic and put it on a purple piece of paper. And so you could see where where there was a lot of activity under one particular link in the sciences, let's say. Um, and if it was more of an art, you know, a lot of these subjects over overlap, but if we were studying an artist, that would be pink. And so you could see where the a lot of the art activity was going on during that time period um, on the chain of Christianity. So many different things you could do with the chain of Christianity. That is very inspiring. I. I really like that because then you can kind of see visually how God was using different fields to help move things forward. I never thought about how some areas might have been more heavy than others. But then when right. you think of, think about in history, when there was a lot of illiterate individuals, art was pretty huge and artists were trying to teach the gospel through art. Right. So I, Oh, fascinating. I'm going to have to start looking into doing that. Thanks for sharing it, it was that. Fun. It was fun. But again, that, you know, that um, spirit of the law kind of took over sometimes on me rather than the heart of the law. And so it's, oh. it's always a balance for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I could see that. I could see how you could kind of get hung up on or how an individual could get hung up on seeing that through, you know, maybe a little more than is necessary. Right. Yeah. Right. It's still a neat idea. I like it. We enjoyed it. Or I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> our, our children might look back if they ever homeschool or, you know, continue with their own studies and reflect on it and think that it was pretty neat, even if they don't see it right away, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, is there anything else that you would like to, to add about how it looked in your homeschool, Lori? Well, you know, and I, one one thing I I was thinking about too was that the people who inspired me to homeschool, in addition to those people I learned from at American Christian Tours, were really the generations before me. Education really is an intergenerational activity, mm -hmm. and even though homeschooling wasn't really known generations ago generations and generations ago, the modern version of homeschooling anyway, I have to thank my grandparents and those grandparents before for really their prayers. Mm -hmm. And that is another thing I'd like to leave with your listeners is that prayer and the intergenerations of families that go before us really do make a difference. I come from four generations of public school educators, um, way back to the one-room schoolhouse days. And my grandma, who was one of those educators that went to the classroom, the one-room schoolhouse, and stoked the fire early in the morning before the students came, and then stayed late at night, really influenced me and I was just just starting to think about homeschooling my children before she died. And um, in fact, I think I had probably started it. You know, we, we start homeschooling at birth, right? And mm -hmm. and she had two little two little great grandchildren. 
and I have no doubt that that woman, my grandmother, poured prayers and prayers and prayers into my my children and into my life. And those prayers, again, affected us and continue. <laughs> they continue to to guide us and to lead us and and just just really consider that as you're homeschooling your children, it's not just one generation that you're touching. Amen. You're touching your your grandchildren and your great grandchildren and and down through the generations. Mm -hmm. That's a really good word. Really good word. So what are you actively doing today with the principal approach? Are you involved with anything in your community or? Sure. I I it's definitely an influence in something we call meeting house mentorials. I have a passion to teach school-aged youth and their families about God's sovereignty and applying this knowledge to all of life. And I want to work intergenerationally with families, studying principles such as self-government, conscience as sacred property, individuality, and unity with diversity. And in the past, we had a group that met together and we were studying the Bible and the Constitution. That was interrupted um, due to COVID. And I did receive a cancer diagnosis that we had to stop for a time, but it's now slated mm -hmm. to begin again. Mm -hmm. And um, I also would go to a nursing home and we would read scripture at the nursing home. And that, as soon as they let me back in the doors, again, um, that's been stopped due to COVID. We'll be, we'll be starting that up again. But I just really endeavor, I, I, I want to guide families to stand in awe of this omnipresent architect of geography and to bow before the providential sovereign of history, to heed the reliable developer of civics and economics and to seek to understand the infinite and orderly source of mathematics, to communicate with the omnipotent author, the logos, of language and to honor the master designer of health and physical education, to gain the mind of the omniscient inventor of the sciences and to delight in the creative genius behind the arts. I don't know that a lot of people realize that God is overall and all encompassing. And that is my desire to pass on just tidbits of knowledge regarding that because that really can make a huge difference in a child's life, in a parent's life, or in a grandparent's life. And, that, and that's my, my desire in, in the neighborhood platform of Meeting House Mentorials. I love your passion, and I love that you're doing that. And what I'm hearing is that you tend to be bent more toward the sciences and the arts. Well, my, my children and my husband are very much history lovers. I, my, I do have one child that my eldest that is huge into the arts. I like it all. I like it all. My, my, my favorite thing really though, is just to show people how God is involved in whatever subject you're talking about. Sometimes I think we separate things into two categories of the church and things outside of the church mm -hmm. and, and really, you know, God, the Bible speaks speaks to everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are a lot of people that are covering the history. And so you're seeing where there's 
kind of a gap maybe where you can help fill it in with pointing people to other areas that God is sovereign over that maybe they don't think about. Sure, sure. And and really it comes down to people's interests. I've always told my children that I don't care what career or what type of life they pursue as long as it is what God wants them to pursue. And mm-hmm. so really he has, they will be a success if they follow, follow his guiding and his direction. And no matter what they do, whether it's in the sciences or in history or um, staying home to, to run a farm, God has something to say about it. And God through his Holy Spirit will guide them. Yeah. So what's so exciting about that is that with that principle of individuality, right, they can take whatever setting that they are in, fulfilling God's purpose for their life and in their life, they can witness to other people. And there's always the opportunity to dialogue with other people about what they've learned or what they're applying in their own lives. Right. And and again, going back to the beginning where I was talking about those literature selections that I was given, just just seeing how God worked through a, a child that was, for instance, handicapped and could not run and play outside like the other children. Mm-hmm. And God created that person to be a wonderful author, a mm-hmm. wonderful poet. And so you really see that whatever God allows in our lives that he will use to the good of that person for the glory of him. Amen. So what are your, what are your sons going into in college? Well, my eldest is not sure. He, he's Mm -hmm. very artistic, like I mentioned, but he, I just asked him recently and he, he actually is living with his grandma up, up where we, we used to live and goes to college um, in a small community college and will be transferring. And he still doesn't know. He said probably either some sort of history type of career or writing. Mm-hmm. Well, and my, maybe, maybe he'll oh, combine the two. Perhaps, perhaps. He, he's, he was my very, very, very busy child that did so much better listening to me underneath the table, playing with his Legos, and had to keep his hands busy while I was asking him questions. He would have been poor thing and the poor teacher, he would have been a had a tough time in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. And and so providentially it was wonderful that we were able to to homeschool him. Mm-hmm. My second son um, is not exactly sure what he wants to do. He is looking into farming. Um, He says he definitely doesn't want to go to college at this point once Mm -hmm. he graduates this year. Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to be exciting to see how their stories unfold. It'll be neat to see that. Right. And that's what I tell them. You know, when a door closes for certain reasons, whether it's health um, reasons or, or whatever, I always say, no, this is God guiding you. This is God directing you. Um, you know, you, you might not understand right now why this door is shutting and we need to be diligent and, and persevere. The difficulty is knowing when we should persevere or when we should 
go a different direction. And again, God guides. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as we come to a close, what advice do you have for homeschooling parents? Well, I guess if I could go back in time, I'd appreciate more the moment in which I found myself with my children. I I dig in deeper when they were interested in a topic and worry less about moving on to check off the boxes. Mm -hmm. I'd look to their individual giftings and needs and concentrate more on them as an individual than trying to impose the one size fits all schoolish requirements. Mm -hmm. But I am, I am so grateful for the extra time that I had with my kids because we chose homeschooling and, and the lifestyle really that goes along with it. I tell people to love their children because the time you have with them really does disappear quickly. People told me that and I didn't believe them yes. <laughs> in the middle of kindergarten and I was crying and the child was crying. I did not believe them, but it truly, truly did go by quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, Lori, thank you so much for sharing your testimony and, and for your time. We really appreciate you and what you've been doing to help guide others to see God's providence and take into account that he is sovereign over everything and keep us posted, if you will, on the direction that your sons take. That would be neat to be able to follow. And also please keep us updated on your, is it Meeting House Mentorials? Yep, Meeting House Mentorials. And if people want to get a hold of you um, in your area, do you have any contact information that you would like to give out? Sure. Meeting house mentorials at gmail.com. You can reach me, reach me there. All right. Thanks so much, Lori. Thank you so much for, for inviting me, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory. <laughs>